Book Two, Chapter One of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Blashford. Camilla, or A Picture of Youth, by Fanny Burney. Chapter One. New Projects. The baronet would, at length, have enjoyed perfect contentment had he not been molested by the teasing spirit of Miss Margland, now daily at work in proposing a journey to London, and in representing as an indispensable duty that the young ladies should see and be seen in a manner suitable to their situation in life. Miss Margland, equally void either of taste or of resources for the country, had languished and fretted away twelve years in its bosom, with no other opening to any satisfaction beyond a maintenance, except what she secretly nourished in her hopes that when her beautiful pupil was grown up, she should accompany her to the metropolis. Her former connections and acquaintance in high life still continued to be the stationary pride of her heart, the constant theme of her discourse, and the perpetual illusion of some lamentation and regret this excursion therefore in prospect had been her sole support during her retirement nor had she failed to instruct her fair disciple to aid her scheme though she had kept from her its private motive most successfully indeed had she instilled into the youthful breast of indiana a wondering curiosity to see the place which she described as the sole residence of elegance and fashion and an eager impatience to exhibit there a person which she was assured would meet with universal homage but neither the exhortations of the governess nor the wishes of her pupil could in this point move sir hugh he had a fixed aversion to london and to all public places and had constantly some disaster to relate of every visit he had accidentally made to them the amusements which had decided his partiality for the country were now indeed no longer within his reach but his sanguine temper which occasionally entertained him with hopes of a recovery determined him always to keep upon the right spot he said for sport in the case of any sudden and favourable change in his health upon the visit of camilla miss margland grew yet more urgent expecting through her powerful influence to gain her point she strove therefore to engage her intercession but camilla careless easy and gay had no wish about the matter and could not be brought into the cabal this disappointment so much soured and provoked miss margland that she lost the usual discretion she had hitherto practised of confining her remonstrances to those times when she saw sir hugh alone such opportunities indeed weary of the use she made of them the baronet contrived daily to lessen but every meeting now whether public or private was seized alike for the same purpose and the necessity of bringing the young ladies out and the duty of thinking of their establishment were the sentences with which he was so regularly assailed that the moment he saw her he prepared to hear them and commonly with a heavy sigh anticipated their fatigue to his spirits no arguments however relative to disposing of the young ladies had any weight with him he had long planned to give eugenia to claremont linmere and he depended upon edgar mandelbert for indiana while with regard to camilla to keep her unmarried that he might detain her under his own roof was the favourite wish of his heart nevertheless this perpetual persecution became by degrees insupportable and unused to be deaf to any claimant he was upon the point of constrained compliance when his passion for forming schemes came again to his aid upon hearing that edgar mandelbert after a twelve months absence was just returned to etherington this youth had been making the tour of england wales and scotland with dr marchmont who had been induced by mr tyrold to relinquish all other avocations and devote to him his whole time sir hugh hastening upon this news to the parsonage house said don't imagine brother i am going to make any complaint against mrs margland for she is an excellent governess and i have no fault to find with her except her making too many objections which i take to be her worst part 
but as everybody has something it would be very unfair to quarrel with her for such a mere nothing especially as she can't help it after so many years going on in the same way without coming to a stop but the thing i have thought of now may set it all to rights which i hope you'll approve and especially my sister he then explained that as he had fixed upon marrying Eugenia to Claremont Linmere, she was put so completely under the care of Dr. Orkbourne in order to make her fit for the young scholar that Miss Margland was of little or no use to her. He meant, therefore, to bring forward immediately the marriage of Indiana with young Mandelbert, and then to ask Miss Margland to go and live with them entirely, as he could very well spare her. This, he continued, Indiana can't object to, from the point of having had her so long, and young Mr. Edgar's remarkably complacent for such a young youth, which I saw a great while ago. By this means, Mrs. Margland will get her main end of going to London, which she may show off to the young bride, without my budging from home, Lord help me, being a thing I don't much like, to be taken about to dances and shows, now that I'm not a boy. So then Camilla will be left to stay with me for my own companion, which I assure you I desire no better, though she knows no more, as the doctor tells me, of the classics, than my old spaniel, which to give everyone his due is much the same with myself. Mr. Tyrold, with a very unpleasant astonishment, inquired further into his meaning concerning Mandelbert, but his surprise ended in a smile when he heard the juvenile circumstances upon which alone Sir Hugh built his expectations. To argue with him, however, was always fruitless. He had found out, he said, the intentions of Edgar from the first, and he came now to invite him to pass a month at Cleves for the sake of cutting the courtship short by letting him see Indiana every day, so that no time might be lost in coming to the conclusion. The first wish of the secret heart of Mr. Tyrold was that one of his own daughters should be the choice of his ward. He did not, therefore, totally unmoved, hear this project for Indiana, though its basis was so little alarming. Edgar, who was now just of age, was receiving the last cares of his guardian, and taking into his own hands his fortune and affairs. He was at Etherington at present, only for that purpose, Beech Park being already fitted up for his residence. Sir Hugh, desiring to speak with him, most cordially made his invitation. Besides myself, he cried, whom I only mention first, as being master of the house, which I hope is my excuse for it, you will meet three very good young girls, not to mention Dr. Orkbourne and Miss Margland, who are rather not of the youngest at present, whatever they may have been in former times, and they will all, myself included, make you as welcome as themselves. Edgar accepted the proposal with pleasure, and agreed to wait upon him the next day, Mr. Tyrold consenting that they should transact their mutual business at Etherington by morning rides. At dinner, Sir Hugh told the family at Cleves the new guest they were so soon to expect, assuring them he was become a very fine young gentleman, and bidding Indiana, with a significant nod, hold up her head. Indiana wanted no charge upon this subject. She fully understood the views of her uncle, and it was now some years since she had heard the name of Beech Park without a smile or a blush. Upon the arrival of the young man, Sir Hugh summoned his household to meet him in the hall, where he received him with a hearty welcome, and in the flutter of his spirits introduced him to them all, as if this had been his first appearance in the family, remarking that a full week of shyness might be saved by making acquaintance with the whole set in a clump. From eagerness irrepressible, he began with Indiana, apologising when he had done by saying it was only because she was oldest, having the advantage of three weeks over Camilla. For which, however, he added, I must beg pardon of Mrs. Margland and Dr. Orkbourne, who, to be sure, must be pretty much older. He next presented him to Camilla, and then, taking him apart, begged, in a whisper, that he would not seem to notice the ugliness of Eugenia, which, he said, was never mentioned in her hearing, by his particular order. 
though to be sure he added since that smallpox she's grown plain enough in point of beauty considering how pretty she was before however she's a remarkable good girl and with regard to virgil and those others will pose you in a second for aught i know to the contrary being but an indifferent judge in things of that sort from leaving off my own studies rather short on account of the gout besides some other reasons edgar assured him these introductions were by no means necessary a single twelve months absence being very insufficient to obliterate from his memory his best and earliest friends edgar mandelbert was a young man who if possessed neither of fortune nor its expectations must from his person and his manners have been as attractive to the young as from his morals and his conduct to those of riper years his disposition was serious and meditative but liberal open and candid he was observant of the errors of others and watched till he nearly eradicated his own but though with difficulty he bestowed admiration he diffused both in words and deeds such general amity and good-will that if the strictness of his character inspired general respect its virtues could no less fail engaging the kinder meed of affection when to merit of a species so rare were added a fine estate and a large independent fortune it is not easy to decide whether in prosperity or desert he was most distinguished the first week which he spent at cleves was passed with a gaiety as unremitting as it was innocent all parties felt his arrival as an acquisition indiana thought the hour of public exhibition long promised by miss margland at length fast approaching camilla who escaped all expectation for herself from being informed of what was entertained by her cousin enjoyed the tranquil pleasure of undesigning friendship unchecked either by hope or fear eugenia met with a respect for her acquirements that redoubled her ambition to increase them sir hugh looked forward with joy to the happy disposal of indiana and a blameless riddance of miss margland who on her part with an almost boundless satisfaction saw her near return to a town life from the high favour in which she stood with the supposed bride-elect even dr orkborne though he disdained with so young a scholar to enter into much philological disquisition was gratified by a presence which afforded a little relief to the stores of his burdened memory from authorising some occasional utterance of the learned recollections which for many years had encumbered it without vent edgar meanwhile obliging and obliged received pleasure from them all for though not blind to any of their imperfections they had not a merit which he failed to discern the second week opened with a plan which promised a scene more lively though it broke into the calm retirement of this peaceful party lionel who was now at etherington to spend his university vacation rode over to cleves to inform edgar that there would be a ball the next evening at northwick at which the officers of the regiment which was quartered in the neighbourhood and all the bow and bells of the county were expected to assemble miss margland who was present struck with a desire that indiana might make her first public appearance in the county at a ball where edgar might be her partner went instantly to sir hugh to impart the idea sir hugh though averse to all public places consented to the plan from the hope of accelerating the affair but declared that if there was any amusement his little camilla should not be left out eugenia won by the novelty of a first expedition of this sort made her own request to be included lionel undertook to procure tickets and miss margland had the welcome labour of arranging their dress for which sir hugh to atone for the shortness of the time gave her powers unlimited indiana was almost distracted with joy at this event miss margland assured her that now was the moment for fixing her conquest of mandelbert by adroitly displaying to him the admiration she could not but excite in the numerous strangers before whom she would appear she gave her various instructions how to set off her person to most advantage and she delighted sir hugh with assurances of what this evening would effect 
"'There is nothing, sir,' said she, "'so conducive towards a right understanding "'between persons of fashion as a ball. "'A gentleman may spend months and months "'in this drowsy way in the country, "'and always think one day will do as well as another "'for his declaration. "'But when he sees a young lady admired and noticed by others, "'he falls naturally into making her the same compliments, "'and the affair goes into a regular train "'without his almost thinking of it.' Sir Hugh listened to this doctrine with every desire to give it credit, and though the occupations of the toilet left him alone the whole of the assembly day, he was as happy in the prospect of their diversion as they were themselves in its preparation. When the young ladies were ready, they repaired to the apartment of the baronet to show themselves and to take leave. Edgar and Lionel were waiting to meet them upon the stairs. Indiana had never yet looked so lovely. Camilla, with all her attractions, was eclipsed, and Eugenia could only have served as a foil, even to those who had no pretensions to beauty. Edgar, nevertheless, asked Camilla to dance with him. She willingly, though not without wonder, consented. Lionel desired the hand of his fair cousin, but Indiana, self-destined to Edgar, whose address to Camilla she had not heard, made him no answer, and ran on to present herself to her uncle, who, struck with admiration as he beheld her, cried, "'Indiana, my dear, you really look prettier than I could even have guessed, and yet I always knew there was no fault to be found with the outside, nor indeed with the inside neither, Mr. Mandelbert, so I don't mean anything by that. Only by use one is apt to put the outside first. Lionel was now hurrying them away, when Sir Hugh, calling to Edgar, said, "'Pray, young Mr. Mandelbert, take as much care of her as possible, which I am sure you will do of your own accord.' Edgar, with some surprise, answered, "'He should be happy to take whatever care was in his power of all the ladies.' but added he for my own particular charge to-night i have engaged miss camilla and how came you to do that don't you know i let them all go on purpose for the sake of your dancing with indiana which i mean as a particular favour sir replied edgar a little embarrassed you are very good but as lionel cannot dance with his sisters he has engaged miss linmere himself foe foe what do you mind lionel for not but what he's a very good lad only i had rather have you and indiana dance together which i dare say so had she Edgar, somewhat distressed, looked at Camilla. "'Oh, as to me,' cried she gaily, "'pray let me take my chance. If I should not dance at all, the whole will be so new to me that I am sure of entertainment.' "'You are the best good girl, without the smallest exception,' said Sir Hugh, "'that ever I have known in the world. And so here's her hand, young Mr. Mandelbert, and if you think you shall meet a prettier partner at the ball, I beg when you get her there, you will tell her so fairly and give her up.' Edgar, who had hardly yet looked at her, was now himself struck with the unusual resplendence of her beauty, and telling Camilla he saw she was glad to be at liberty, protested he could not but rejoice to be spared a decision for himself, where the choice would have been so difficult. "'Well, then, now go,' cried the delighted baronet. "'Lionel will find himself a partner, I have no doubt, because he is nothing particular in point of shyness. And as to Camilla, she'll want nothing but to hear the fiddlers to be as merry as a grig, which what it is I never knew, so I have no concern,' added he, in a low voice, to Edgar, except for little Eugenia, and poor Mrs. Margland, for Eugenia being so plain, which is no fault of hers, on account of the smallpox, many a person may overlook her from that objection.' and as to mrs margland being with all these young chickens i am afraid people will think her rather one of the oldest for a dancing match which i say in no disrespect for oldness gives one no choice End of chapter one